On 96.7 on your FM dial, you're listening to CKLU. CKLU is also available to you synchronously on cklu.ca. If you choose, at a more convenient time to listen to this program and any others from the archive, you can always just Google my name, Hugh Cruzel, and podcast. You'll find it on the widest variety of platforms available, whether you have an Android device, an Apple product, or any other tablet or screen, uh, completely convenient to you, when you want, how you want. This is QOL, and we're going to talk about quality of life for sure. I have found that my guest... This guest has improved my quality of life because he writes books, because he has adventures. And being a bit of an armchair adventurer, I I certainly live vicariously through what he does. Who have we got on the phone today? Adam Schultz. Adam, welcome aboard. Welcome to this program, QOL. Adam, when I say I live vicariously through you, I truly mean it. I, I would not do some of the things you've been doing. Well, it's maybe not everyone's cup of tea, but I uh, do the adventures I do simply because that's what I what I enjoy doing. So I do it because I have fun exploring and paddling northern rivers and hiking through endless forests. To me, that's all fun stuff. So that's the reason I do it. Oh, well, you know, it's fun for me too, but, you know, like for a day or, or two. Your last adventure was how long? Well, my you're probably referring to my big one in 2017. I am, actually, months. that's right. Yeah. That was like, I watched the movie. It was 100-plus days, Adam. Yes, I was self-isolating before it was uh, mainstream. <laughs> you sure did. There was nobody around you for mu- except for mosquitoes and black flies. Yeah, they have a way of keeping you company when you don't want company. So, yes, it was. Uh, so this, I mean, let's. I started off by saying I've been reading your books. How many books have you got out there, Adam? Uh, I've written three, and I'll have another one coming out next fall. And do we have a working title for it? <laughs> oh, no. we're going to keep it it's, quiet. Yeah, it's still in its early stages. <laughs> October 2021 is when it will be out. But it's going to be about a new a new expedition, a new adventure. So, something okay. fresh. Okay, yes. and you've done this adventure already? No, I'm going to do it uh, in the time between now and the publication date. So. Oh, my so, goodness. That's, the works. Yeah. How, you're going to write it as you do it? That's usually how I do all my books. I keep a, a journal or a diary in the wilderness, and then that forms the basis for the book. Well, now let's talk about the movie, because uh, I'm not sure whether the movie was... I, I'm certain it was done at the same time, because you couldn't go back and relive some of that, I'm no, sure. there was no stunt doubles. It was all as it happened <laughs> in the moment. Oh, the toes, the skin, the, the nicks and scratches. The uh, Adam, seriously, did you wake up one morning and go... I'm going to go and do this. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, I kind of did. I'd done lots of canoe trips in the Canadian Arctic, and I'd done different expeditions in the Arctic and the sub-Arctic, and I was, it was like 2014 or so, and I started to think ahead to the, the big anniversary that was coming up on the horizon in 2017, which is the 150th anniversary of, of the Federation, and I thought, well, why not? You know, you only live once, so why not try to do something big and, and vicious, and why not try to go all the way across mainland Arctic from the Yukon to Hudson Bay. So that was the idea I came up with, and it was sort of, I don't want to say on a whim, but it was sort of like I had this feeling uh, one day out in the woods that, you know, this is something I should really try to do, because I don't know if I'm going to succeed or not, but I do know if I don't try, I'll probably regret it later. So I figured I'm just going to take the bull 
Well, I, I knew that you had done it. I mean, I watched the movie, but at the same time, there was an on-the-edge-of-the-seat experience, like, is he going to make it? <laughs> well, that, that's good. That means that you're, you're, look, you're living it vicariously. You're putting yourself in my shoes, and you're experiencing the same sort of doubt and uh, fears that I had as I was doing it, because there was so much beyond my control. You know, I tried to plan and prepare as best as I could, but I... You know, the weather and a lot of the other things like wild animals, that was beyond my control. Now, this program is about quality of life, and Adam, you, you were, I think the right word is privations. Uh, you you suffered. I mean, the, I don't know about quality of life. I, you know, no wine, no chocolate, no, uh, you you truly suffered. Well, yeah, I mean, I probably donated a fair amount of uh, my blood to all those mosquitoes and black flies that were eating me alive in the the midsummer there when they got really bad in the low Arctic. But, I mean, it was worth it. I uh, I didn't quit because I was still, in spite of all those hardships uh, you allude to, I was still enjoying it. You know, I was loving the, the, tender, <laughs> the Some of those scenes didn't look like it. <laughs> I was enjoying it. Yes, I was. That's <laughs> yeah. As soon as I finished that journey, you know, I was on the plane home and I had my notebook and, you know, in the passenger seat there, I just started making notes for my next adventure. I was, like, more eager than ever to pack my bags again and go off on another canoe trip. You weren't tempted to go the other way around and, and head uh, west instead of east. I might do something like that. Ay, ay, ay. Well, because there's always more to explore. I mean, that's the great thing about Canada. It's so vast that even if you live ten lifetimes, you can never see all the different rivers and lakes. But there's always going to be another journey I'm going to want to do. And, uh, yeah, I haven't, haven't reached the end of my desire to go out and explore yet. Uh, no, of course not. Now, that was the movie and the the book, Beyond the Trees? Yes. Beyond yeah. the Trees. It's well, available. It actually hit the bestseller list for quite a long time. It did, and I just saw, I didn't believe it, somebody said, hey, your book's on the bestseller list this week. And I was like, really? So I guess people like it during the pandemic. If they can't go out and adventure, they're just um, getting it vicariously through the book. So Beyond the Trees is actually number four on the bestseller list for this week. That's that's incredible because normally it hits the top and starts descending. It was uh, probably about two months ago you were number eight. Yes, yeah, it was on the bestseller list uh, continuously from the release date on October 1st, uh, right up and through, I don't remember when it eventually fell off, but it lasted for, I think, three months or so on the bestseller list. Well, you're going to get a Governor General's Award. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, all you have to do is uh, yeah. hit 5,000 copies, I think, and, and you're you're well beyond that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, actually, this week, it's, it's funny you should call me, because this week the paperback came out, so that's probably why it's doing well. But the paperback is out now, so even if you can't go to the store, people can get the paperback for just $15. That's or they could watch the movie. Uh, you know, download uh, is inexpensive, and uh, uh, it's a good... How long is the movie? Uh, it's about an hour and a half. Well, there's an hour and a half of entertainment. I won't call it entertainment, but it certainly, I imagine, on a big screen rather than on my laptop screen, is a monumental a documentary. Yes, we were hoping that you'd be able to watch it on the big screen, but then all the theaters got closed. So maybe down the road, uh, when things go back to the new normal, that might be possible. But for the foreseeable future, it isn't. So you have to watch it on your your personal device, TV, or laptop. Now, Adam, this, I don't even think that you mentioned the movie. You were here in Sudbury back in February, I believe, or maybe it was late January. I don't think you even mentioned the movie to us. Well, it was still uh, up in the air at that point. We weren't really sure how it was going to 
it's it's a marvelous diversion for sure. Uh, Sweeping scenes, uh, you know, uh, tension, uh, blood, absolutely, uh, you know, a a hero. (laughs) The denouement, yes, the... The, the canoe the vehicle your 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 uh, your unicorn that you rode across the country adam you've mentioned other books so beyond the trees is the most recent there was canada in 10 maps i believe was the one just before that yes uh, history canada in 10 maps i was asked to write that book and to combine you know my love of geography and adventure and i took that book and i really wrote that book for anyone who thinks canadian history is dull and i took the oh book. no there's cannibalism in it you've got to be kidding <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. It's not, I always say the book is more like Game of Thrones than it is your normal Canadian history book. I mean, it's something that's full of action and adventure and drama and murder and cannibalism and conspiracies and all kinds of swashbuckling action. So that's my other book, The History Canada and Map. And I have another book called Alone Against the North, which is also an adventure story. So all my books are adventure, wilderness, and legends and lore, that kind of stuff. Now, let's go back. Adam Schultz at 10 years old. Somebody says to you, Adam Schultz, what are you going to be when you grow up? What was your answer? I think when I was 10, I probably would have said I wanted to be something like a fur trapper. I remember (laughs) as a kid, I wanted to live this life in the forest as a fur trapper and have a cabin. And then when I was a teenager, I did a little bit of fur trapping. I had like a little trap line. And I was like, I don't really think I want to do this as a career. And I think I had a great 10 piece there, Miss Scott. And she's like, you really should look at other options. <laughs> Your guidance counselor said, fur, fur trapper and is definitely not on the list, right? No, no, yeah. Well, because in the 10th grade, if you're in Ontario, they make you take career studies. It's an actual course that's mandatory. And you have to do a project on your career, your chosen career. And I didn't know what I wanted to do other than I had to have something to do with wilderness and the outdoors because that's what I love. So... After my teacher, Mrs. Fredek, you know, bless her heart, said you can't really do this, you know, choose something else, I racked my brain and I came up with a forest ranger. That's what I ended up doing my project on. And I just knew, you know, I wanted to do something with forest and wilderness. But it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I really thought I'm going to be able to become an explorer and write books about these expeditions that I do. I could just see it right now, you know. Uh, yeah, Adam, stand up and tell us about your chosen career. <laughs> Hey, well, if I, as I recall correctly, like half the class did NHL hockey player, and none of my classmates ever made it to the NHL. So mine wasn't too unrealistic. <laughs> and you have, well, maybe not sung, but unsung Canadians who have, for generations, done that as a, I'll use the word noble, uh, a noble occupation. It did provide sustenance for their families and and community and and resources, uh, cash or 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 trade goods for many people. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, one of the foundations of Canada. I think you would say. Yes. So it is actually a noble thing that you you chose. And is your school teacher still alive? Maybe it's time to send her a little note. <laughs> no, she's actually very nice, and uh, yes, she though she is. And I saw her a few years ago. Actually, I was. Uh, doing a talk at the high school, my old high school. And no, she's very supportive. Actually, she was very supportive at that time. I'd have nothing but good things to say. Oh, yeah, I know. Of course not. It's just that you would have, you know, it's the chance to say, told you so. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I think the key is, like any good teacher, they, uh, you know, they see a student's passion and encourage you to follow that passion, but they force you to think a little bit more 
uh, critically about how that's actually going to work in the career. Uh, I can, st- you know, based on Canada and 10 maps, I can see what the front of the classroom is saying. I am going to be, ah, in- I'm inspired by Champlain. I'm, you know, <laughs> I could just see it right now. And the student, the rest of the student body going like, what the heck is he talking about? But well, in your book, yeah. you've told us all about it. Uh, there is excitement and adventure, and and truly, uh, each of the the chapters uh, dealing with a different period of, of Canadian history, uh, even the technology that's that was you know involved in it. Gosh, Adam, I'm just wondering too. Maybe it's time for another book of ten maps based on like the voyage of the Saint Roche across the the. Uh, across the top of Canada, and maybe other people who've done, I mean, people, again, unsung heroes who have done amazing things. Well, I would love to write another history book. And when I was writing History 10 and 10 Maps, I was like, how am I ever going to narrow this down to just 10 maps? I had a running list of you know, dozens of maps, and I had to somehow uh, narrow that down to just 10. But I thought, you know, you could really write multiple books on this subject because there's so many fascinating maps with incredible stories behind them. And I think I will write uh, another history book in a couple of years based on an expedition I did just this past fall in the Arctic um, searching for a lost explorer. So I want to write a history book about another one of those unsung heroes you allude to uh, who vanished up in the Arctic. Well, it is, it's a, a wide place. Gosh, big vision. It, it does seem to consume, consume people, explorers. So we had, of course, that wonderful discovery of the Erebus and uh, and its companion ship up in the Arctic, and maybe we'll have some closure to that story. Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time to be in exploration and archaeology. I mean, there's so many uh, incredible discoveries that are happening, and I, I think that, yeah, it's a very, very exciting time. It's almost like a renaissance. It, it is, right? indeed. But we're also at an, an unusual time, and you're used to being alone, uh, Used to, and it's not a negative thing. Uh, it, it's a it's a wonderful thing to be able to live within one's own circumstances and and world vision. But uh, here we are in you know SARS Cove two. Uh, what what are you doing with yourself right now? <laughs> I'm just spending a lot of time in the outdoors like I normally do. I've been out canoeing and paddling and making myself some new canoe paddles. I had some nice ash that I found in the woods, and I've been carving out new paddles and just doing a lot of stuff in the forest like I would normally do. So uh, I feel lucky that I'm still able to do the things I love, that they haven't been affected too much uh, by the shutdown. But I, you know, I think that that's one of the great things about living in Canada is that we have um, you know, the comparative space that we're not as vulnerable. Maybe as Unless you're right in the big city. But yeah, exactly. uh, I have this vision, though, Adam, of you finding an ash tree that you, you really like the look of and, and getting out your pen knife and... And this big ash becoming just one paddle, the essence of the ash tree in one paddle. Well, it wasn't quite that perfect. I didn't just use a pen knife. But, yeah, basically, I mean, I make my own paddles when I want to uh, out in the woods and find a nice ash. Uh, So wonderful light but strong wood. Yeah, it's excellent wood for making canoe paddles out of or walking sticks. And with the emerald ash for having killed so many ash trees, it, it's the best wood for baseball bats. And I think they used to make hockey sticks out of them as well. So ah. it's really good, strong wood. Ah, well, well, uh, we'll have to do a little research on that. So, Adam, you're out walking, you're out thinking, and I imagine that thinking leads to writing. 
whenever I have uh, need of inspiration, the forest is my well. That's where I go to get the inspiration. So I'm in the woods pretty much every day, and uh, that really is the key to writing all of my books. I mean, I go out in the woods, and usually if I have rough notes, I'll take them out of the woods with me in a pen, and I'll find a nice hemlock tree, and I'll sit under that and work on my book. And uh, to me, that, that's where I get all my creative inspiration from. Okay, you know what? It just sounds too idyllic. Um, <laughs> just seriously, uh, you're living the life that many people would aspire to. Uh, you're not clocking in nine to five. You're you're getting fresh air. You're out in the sunshine. You're you're living um, perhaps what most Europeans would imagine all of us in Canada live like. Well, I guess yeah, you could say that. Um, I mean, it's probably not everyone's cup of tea. Not everyone likes the mosquitoes or the black flies as much. Um, but, you know, I, I, I love it. I mean, I guess that's my um, my outlook on things. Is you should do what you love as far as you can. And uh, that's what I enjoy doing is, is being out in the woods and trying to share uh, the things that I'm passionate about that I find interesting. Now, this slow spring, though, has meant the ice has come off the rivers and lakes much later than usual. Yeah, it's it also been very unusual. It, it is an unusual spring in so many ways. Uh, and, of course, it slowed the, the the last... There probably would have been two waves of mosquitoes by now, but they've been either killed off or suppressed by this cold. How How is it out there in the woods? What Are you are, are you noticing this delay in even things like trilliums? I haven't seen a trillium yet. Yeah, I mean, it has been a cold spring. There's been quite a bit of snow even. So things are probably a little bit behind what they were the last few years, I don't mind that. I mean, to me, the, I love the, the seasons, and it doesn't really change. Even in the winter, I go out in the woods and make a nice little fire for myself, and I'll work on my, my books beside the fire in the winter. So I enjoy you know, going outside in all four seasons, spring, summer, winter, fall. Uh, well, usually spring in northern Ontario is like, well, it's 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, gosh, we just had spring. And, yeah. you know, it truly goes from, from you know, three feet of snow to uh, to um, marsh marigolds in an afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Or it feels like that. like that. Yes. But uh, this one has been an extended spring and, and really a chance to watch the emergence of things um, in slow motion. And I think that's something that maybe more people are getting the opportunity to do right now with the shutdown is just sort of, slow down the rhythm of life and maybe pay more attention to the birds and the plants that are emerging and, and this kind of thing. So hopefully people are able to make the most of it and uh, maybe get the opportunity to do things that they would be too busy or too hectic otherwise to do. Well, many times I've had a pause when there's been wind blowing from a certain direction and I'd, I'd be thinking about you and your movie uh, in, in real life, of course, not just in the movie, but thinking, oh, Adam would have had to like paddle against that. Yeah, that's uh, one of my most vivid memories from my, my canoe journey alone across the Arctic is how super conscious I became of the wind. And, I, you know, anyone who's been a sailor or anyone who's spent a lot of time on water, it's something that they, one of the, the, the earliest things that you become. No, Adam, uh, you know, taking the train, the Canadian across the country or or taking a, a train trip to the Atlantic provinces or, or up to Churchill or even to White River here on the Bud Car. Gosh, you know, you really get a sense of how big this country is 
you're kind of unique. I, 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 I must tell you that I don't think, now, I'm sorry to call you a young person, but you're younger than I am. I don't think the your generation, and certainly not the younger generation, has the scope of the size of this country. Do you think it's time for us to, I know we've re-evoked um, uh, Katimovic, and, but it's time maybe to give Canadian youth train passes and bus passes and once this opens back up and tell them that you know we're one country from coast to coast to coast yeah absolutely i mean maybe if the international air travel is restricted for a while it will lead to more internal travel and tourism within canada's borders uh i think it's definitely a good thing for younger canadians to, to learn more about the country uh beyond their their own immediate neighborhood because yeah as you say canada is so vast Well, the average high school student, you know, they look at their their schedule for their academic year. Well, not this one, and it says geography on it, and they go, "Oh, yawn." Yeah, it doesn't have to be that way, though. I think if geography is an exciting subject, especially if you can get students outside the classroom and out in the field or the woods, uh, making maps and doing this sort of thing and learning how to read. Them. No, that was called outdoor education. That program, wasn't it? They do have they have more outdoor education on the curriculum now. I was lucky in my high school, we, for geography, they had us making topographic maps out in the woods, and I found that exciting. I mean, anytime your, your school says, we're going to go out in the woods, it's like, that's a good day. So I definitely think that, yeah, the more schools get kids out of the classroom and outside, the better. Well, fresh air for starts and, and sunshine and an appreciation for the passage of the sun, the length of the day, the, the, the star. We haven't even talked about the stars, my goodness, because let's face it, the vast majority of your movie was done during daylight, but uh, and of course during that time in the Arctic, daylight is much longer. But you must also have a huge appreciation for the quality of just looking at the night sky. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I, I remember I went three months without seeing a star because the sun never set. It was daylight 24 hours of the day um, in the, because I was north of the Arctic Circle. And then when I finally saw a star after three months of not seeing any stars because it never got dark, it was astonishing. It was like there was this duel in the sky, and I was just looking at it, and I was like, that's the coolest thing. And it really made me appreciate uh, the marvel that is stars after not having seen one for three months. Must also give you a huge, maybe not understanding, but and a not appreciation, but at least a recognition of of how First Peoples would have seen the land and the landscape and the the, the climate and the the daily weather. You you probably understand that better than uh, many people. Yeah, absolutely. I think in my book, A History Ten and Ten Maps, I talked about in the introduction that you know some of the oldest maps in the world that date back over ten thousand years are found in caves and they're actually maps of the night sky of, of different. Adam, when are you coming back to Sudbury? I mean, that's a question I'm sure many in the audience are going to ask if they're listening to CKLU 96.7 on your FM dial. They're here in Sudbury, or maybe they're around the world listening to CKLU.ca, and uh, they know that you've spoken at Science North in the in the auditorium, in the, in the IMAX theater, in fact. When are you coming back to Sudbury, Adam? I was hoping to come back this September or October to visit some schools. 
schools and detoxing schools, but that is uh, now up in the air because everything is up in the air with COVID-19. So we'll have to wait and see what happens and if, you know how students go back to doing uh, speaker events with groups and crowds and things. But hopefully, I mean, hope I don't want to be too optimistic, but hopefully this fall it will be possible for me to come back and do something with the schools and, and some other groups. But well, we'd love to have you here, of course. Adam, as we close, I just I'm I'm thinking about the group of seven, and the landscape that they traveled through, and and how they inspired even the building of some provincial parks, or or at least the protection of some land. Is there a, a group, a core group of adventurers, a group of seven adventurers, who you might be a member of? I mean, it is kind of a solitary thing that you do, but in fact there are like a company of adventurers, uh, if I could call it that. Yeah, I don't know if there's seven of us, but there's. I have a few colleagues um, at the Royal Canadian Geographical Society who are fellow explorers and residents, and there's about four of us, and we all do different things, so we're a little bit different. Uh, one of my colleagues, uh, George Grunis, he's a storm chaser, so he chases after uh, tornadoes and that sort of thing. Uh, another one of my colleagues is Jill Heinert, and she's an underwater explorer. She does cave diving and this sort of thing. So I guess we're kind of like a, uh, a, a group of three or four of us um, at the Royal Canadian Geographical Society doing different expeditions. Well, Adam Schultz, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk with you once again. Uh, me here in Sudbury, you are somewhere in southern Ontario. Maybe, maybe I've caught you out in the woods today. <laughs> uh, well, I'm looking at the woods but I'm at my home in uh, St. Williams. Adam Schultz has been our guest today on 96.7 on your FM dial. You can, of course, join us anytime uh, via podcast. Just Google my name, Hugh Cruzel, and the word podcast, you'll find it convenient. An archive of material, a library of material for you to draw on. Uh, stories from all kinds of areas, all kinds of topics. Join us again anytime, particularly at 6 o'clock on Thursdays on CKLU where you listen to this show. QOL is available for you.